How should we treat our enemies? How about throwing a heap of coals on their head? Let's, let's talk about it on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. If your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. If he's hungry, give him some food. This is what the Bible says, and this is what the book of Romans says. My name is Justin Kim, and you're watching Inverse. And in the studio with us, we have Sebastian Kelly and Siku, my dear friends. And for the last eight or nine weeks or so, we've been looking at this book, this systematic study on the science of salvation. How's that for alliteration? And we've been having a blessed <laughs> time, and we want you to partake in that blessing as well. Go to inversebible.org, where you can download our Bible study guide on the book of Romans, and it ain't the easiest book in the Bible, but with these Bible study guys, it'll be a less uh, less difficult, I guess is a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer by Sebastian Braxton is what my notes say, so Sebastian, <laughs> can you pray for us, and we'll get into the Bible verse. Absolutely, let's pray. Uh, mighty God, everlasting Father, we have been blessed, as we've seen from week to week and chapter to chapter, the beauty of what you've given to us in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, Lord, as we consider what is our response, may you guide us, may you give us clarity, and may you grant us the conviction to follow through, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Sebastian. I know as a formality, we do start these episodes with prayer, but so many times, and I know you guys can vouch, like there's times where we have no idea what we're doing for an episode, and we pray, (laughs) and those episodes end up being the best because the Lord really blesses Mm -hmm. uh, by answering. uh, He really does answer our prayers. I concur, Doctor. Yeah. So let's go to Romans chapter 12, and this is where we are in, if that makes sense, where we are at uh, in this episode. (laughs) In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, and before we get there, um, we, we've covered 1 through 11. And Callie, without ha- hammering every chapter, and I know we can all do that very easily. All of us can do that. 100%. But just yeah. really briefly, what are some of the highlights or what are the best episodes that you just remember from the last uh, whatever weeks that we've been doing? Yeah, I really liked when we talked about Romans chapter 8, mm. just because it's really the apex of 1 through 7, just mm. kind of where he's going. And he's like, this is what God has done. Look mm-hmm. at all these amazing things. Mm-hmm. And no one can, nothing created can mess it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, through Throughout the whole time, Paul is using this language of like, so then this? No, mm. actually this. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he's trying to keep us on a steady path where you might be like, so over here, like, no, 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 stay here, stay on the path. Mm-hmm. And we, we go all the way to chapter eight. Mm-hmm. And then 9 11, we, 9 through 11, we take a little bit of a detour talking about, uh, the relation with Israel, um, what the relation to all this is. And then we come to chapter 12. Chapter 12, yeah. And, and so let's, let's pick up from this wonderful uh, transition there. Let's pick up and Siku, can you read from one through Eight. We're going to look at the whole chapter, but let's actually read those verses to begin with. Okay. Um, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Mm-hmm. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. 
If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, thank mm. you, Siku. So, I mean, uh, this these couple of chapters, couple of chapters, the eleven chapters, <laughs> been, been kind of heavy, haven't they? A lot of theory, I mean, as you, as Cali said, we're talking about you know Israel and about salvation for everyone, mm. about justification, sanctification, and you know, all these words. <laughs> yes. And then, boom, we come to chapter 12, and what Siku just read. Connect these two for us, right? We're not getting into theory anymore. We're just kind of getting into, you know, minister, love, teach, and, and uh, well, what's, what's the connection? Sebastian. Well, I think the, the first thing you see is that Paul is saying, I beseech you, therefore. Mm. So he's essentially right. If you see the word therefore, then you ask yourself, what, what is, is it there, there for? for? Thank you guys. All together now. We can sing in harmony. So he, he's giving us a sense of conclusion. And he's essentially saying, yes, we're all sinners. Yes, Abraham is a great example. Yes, there's Adam. Yes, there's, you know, the reality of Christ. Yes, there's death. And death is actually the key to life. And this is how you relate to the law. And great, we're living a life of the spirit. And this is how this relates to Israel. Israel. And he's like, now, therefore, here's the conclusion of everything that I have been saying. Mm -hmm. As if Paul is trying to establish that we don't study theology just to sit up in intellectual ivory towers, Mm -hmm. but we study it for practice. Mm -hmm. We study it for personal change Mm -hmm. and behavioral difference. Mm -hmm. And that's where he's saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. So according to what I just talked about, all the mercies of God, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm asking you to do Mm -hmm. as the ones in Rome. Mm -hmm. Kelly. And what he's asking them to do is to be a living sacrifice. Mm. And I love the addition of the word living there, not just to be a sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. Because a living sacrifice requires more commitment, more intentionality, more time. And, you know, I've never been in a situation, but I'd like to think, you know, the idea of dying for God, it doesn't give me fear. If someone's like, you know, forsake God or I'll kill you, I'd be like, okay, just kill me, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't make me afraid. <laughs> whatever. Good like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Good to know. It doesn't, I won't tell it doesn't make me afraid. <laughs> it doesn't make me afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, in a sense, I mean, there's things lead up, leading up to it, but it's kind of like a one moment decision. Mm-hmm. But a living sacrifice is a continual sacrifice mm. of more decisions, deepening surrender, deepening difficulty. So a living sacrifice is actually a lot harder, in my opinion. Mm. Um, because Living is harder. Than, than dying. Yeah, for, uh-huh. because that happens once, right? Mm-hmm. You die once versus living is just it's continuous. Mm-hmm. And so this idea, though, is you're not called just to do whatever you want and then at the end be like, Jesus, you got me, amen, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. But like commit everything. Mm-hmm. All of yourself should be a living sacrifice to God. Mm-hmm. And that is what our response should be mm-hmm. to the extravagant grace of God. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what Paul is saying that this presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice Mm -hmm. at the end of verse one in chapter 12, he says this, which is your reasonable service. Mm -hmm. So what Kelly's talking about this thing that is actually more challenging to do, which is to daily make choices to follow God and daily choosing to surrender to him, which is hard. Yeah. (laughs) He's saying this is the only reasonable thing for you to do in light of what I've just presented to you in the past 11 chapters. Mm -hmm. And the converse would be true then that not to do this, would be unreasonable, mm-hmm. right? right? So 
having seen what Christ has done for you, to not present your life to Him as a living sacrifice, to not choose to follow Him, to not—that is actually the unreasonable choice to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's irrational. Mm-hmm. You know? Or, or it's, or it's a reflection of the fact that you don't fully understand the gospel, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you are acting irrational because you haven't had a rational grasp, rational grasp, mm-hmm. sorry, mm-hmm. of of the gospel, what God has done for you. Yeah. Because if you take that, it's like, well, this is reasonable. You would never say to yourself, I bought you a car for your birthday. And your gift for me is like, oh, I got you a card at Target, you know, for three ninety nine, <laughs> And it's kind of like, uh, that's a little irrational. Like this person <laughs> went above and beyond, right, for you out of love and desire for you. And the response is like, oh, yeah, what's the least I can just get this person just to say I got a gift? Mm-hmm. And like Siku saying, it's like, let me give Jesus the crumbs mm-hmm. and then I'll just go back to living my life however I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This seems like a very uh, a transitional point in scripture where the first 11 chapters, I mean, it's a lot of, it requires intelligence. It requires mm-hmm. uh, a lot of theory in a sense, theoretical theology and whatnot. And then a lot of people just like, they like chapter 12, 11, uh, 12 13, 14, 15, 16. Right. Uh, these are, what's that? <laughs> tell me what to do. Yeah, tell me what to do. I mean, like, hey, be nice. Okay, be nice. And this is like what a lot of other maybe non-Christians may even quote from the Bible as, as the good old book, you yeah. know? <laughs> and they, they, they take these and they cut out in fortune cookies and sell it at, you know, Asian restaurants and whatnot. <laughs> um, but this is very interestingly that this is not, uh, this chapter is not commands. Mm-hmm. These aren't, you know, rules. Uh, in many ways, it's, it's the, 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 the first 11 11 chapters describe how it works, mm-hmm. yeah? And yep. if, if Jesus is working ya, working in you, then chapter 12 <laughs> through 16 should happen. Yes. Yeah. Right? So it's it's actually the theoretical shit is the practical part, and the practical part is actually the theoretical part. Yes. Right? It's like they're, they're, they're inverse each other. And to also, you know, take your point, right, about this idea of being transformed, mm. right? So you're, you're looking at so focused on putting on the the check engine light to say there's something wrong with the engine, right? So we say, well, you would never try to just make the light go on to prove to you that the engine is broken. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be the other way around, right? One is supposed to be the indication mm-hmm. of the reality <laughs> and the presence <laughs> of the other. That's right. And that's where Paul is like, you need to be transformed in an ongoing experience mm-hmm. by the renewing of your mind. <laughs> and this is these, these things about being kind and you know not loving with hypocrisy and clinging to that which is good. These are the check engine lights that naturally will come on mm-hmm. once this thing is, is going. And so it's almost like I'm, I'm breaking this person of sin, this law of sin in your members. And now here's the check engine light mm-hmm. that's letting everybody else know, like, oh, yeah, sin is not working the same like it used mm-hmm. to in this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just to just to underscore that that transformation, you know, motif in verse two, verse right? two. it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um He's talking about the, the, the tense of the verbs, right? Be conformed and then be transformed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of you are passive in this experience, mm. right? And the conformation is happening to you, right? right? The transformation is happening to you. But there's something that you do to choose whether you're going to be conformed or be transformed, right? Uh-huh. What you're doing, you're not saying, I will conform, I will conform to the world, or I will transform, transform, transform. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's a different choice that you're making, and that's what he's been talking about in the, in the first 11 chapters, mm. is you have a choice to choose 
the transformation that can happen when you accept Christ into your life, mm-hmm. or if you choose to reject the Jesus who is, you know, who's been presented, then you'll be conformed to this world, you yes. know, and to what's naturally going to happen mm-hmm. in, in your body. But you have to choose. Do I want Jesus? And when I choose Jesus, I will be transformed. And here's a picture of what that will look like. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, you know, going forward so that we, we do have a choice about whether we're going to be conformed or transformed. Mm-hmm. That's really the only choice we have. Outside of that, you're either going to be tra- conformed or you're going to be transformed, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. But we can choose that. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mm-hmm. mind. You know, while you're, while you're talking this profound point, Siku, which makes, me thinking, which makes me think that there are people who are conformed to the world's definition of what is good. Mm-hmm. And they think that is being Christ-like. Right. right. Whereas the, the Bible text is saying, hey, we're not looking for worldly standards of goodness and good behavior. Mm-hmm. We're looking for complete transformation that all these other practical things just naturally come out. When we come after the break, we're going to look at, let's be, let's be naturally transformed. But what is this with heaping coals on your enemies? Is this part of transformation? It is. Stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. In Romans chapter 12, we're looking at living sacrifice and reasonable service. And, and then Paul goes into all these practical things. But what is the connection between these practical things and the theoretical section of chapters 1 through 11? I know that sounds like a lot, but you want to take out your Bibles and follow with us because that's the only way you're going to make sense of the book of Romans. Sebastian, what is the connection between these two sections of Paul's great letter? Well, in in... In the practical section that Paul is trying to, to to grapple with, he's trying to help them to understand that in this renewing and transformation experience that you're going through, don't try to just choose certain behaviors to make yourself look like the gospel is working in your life. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, don't wow. try that to manufacture deep, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's say like that, say that again. Say that again. So it's like, <laughs> don't just don't just select. Right. Don't just try to do those things that make mm-hmm. it seem as mm-hmm. if the gospel is actually working in your life, mm-hmm. so you can appear. Right. To be transformed when you actually need to be transformed. Yeah. So this is not something that you're trying to do on your own. Yeah. Right. Referring back to, you know, Siku's point earlier. I need to allow passively let Jesus do this transformation yeah. in my life yeah. and let the gospel have its way. We need complete death, complete resurrection, complete life in the spirit, complete marriage. It's yeah. complete, not this partial, partial. And, and Correct. We, a lot of us, we do kind of try to live partial, partial lives and mm-hmm. partial. Yeah, okay, that's 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 that's, that's good. <laughs> so you go deep. Preaching, brother. Thank you, thank you. Won't you say amen out there? Amen, amen. <laughs> So I, I, I want to um, also add this this very point that he says you're going to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, mm-hmm. and this this component of the text I, I feel is part of the is essentially the most important element of what he's trying to deal with this transformation mm-hmm. because he's saying that you're proving this thing that is actually good 
that is acceptable and that is perfect. But there's a lot of people in Christianity and in religion who feel like these things that he's about to list, Mm -hmm. right? Not repaying to those who harm you, Mm -hmm. being kind, clinging to that which is good, abhorring that which is evil. They don't consider that as good or always acceptable or always perfect, right? It's like, well, it's the will of God. And when you add that phrase, the will of God makes it sound like God is the Brussels sprouts God, right? Is what I call him. Brussels sprouts God. Yeah, because I... I hate Brussels sprouts. I used to hate Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and growing up, my mom would just be like, you know, put the Brussels sprouts on the table, light salt, you know, whatever, some butter. And it's like, you know, soft and boiled. And I'm just like, this thing is offensive to my very nature. Like right. my tongue is like recoiling in my mouth. It's like, no. Right? <laughs> and, and you're looking at this food and I'm thinking, oh, I hate Brussels sprouts. And my mom's like, it's good for you. Right. It's got this, this vitamin, this mineral, whatever. You're like, that doesn't make it more palatable. And literally, you know, I mean, it was actually you, you changed my life, Hey, you know, <laughs> with your, with your baking Brussels sprouts, you know, we, we were on a Cooking, vacation bro. together. With I the, cook, I don't bake. You cook. Sorry, Real sorry. Them. My bad. I, I, I cooked them. That's true. You did not get chopped that day. <laughs> so, so I remember, you know, you're like, Hey man, if you take the Brussels sprouts and, you know, cut them this way and then bake them and, you know, it totally turned out different and literally transformed my life, my family's life. And my kids <laughs> love Brussels sprouts from three all the way up. And I mean, Brussels sprouts are like, you know, people fight over that stuff like it's candy in my house. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, people will lose their sanctification, right, over some Brussels sprouts. It's like, bro, you already had two scoops. Like, back it up. right? So when you look at that, it's like you're trying to do these things to be kind, cling to the good. Mm. And Jesus is like, I'm going to be the Justin in your life, right? You grew up thinking that studying your Bible and praying and doing all these things are, you know, God's going to like, it's the perfect will of God. Do it. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. Versus Jesus comes along when you add that component. He's the Justin that says, this is how you kind of slice it. This is how you can prepare it so that now it's acceptable and it's good and you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is what Paul is trying to bridge into the practical things is don't try to do these things to prove the gospel has worked in you. Let the gospel work. Let Jesus do that. And you're going to enjoy the Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. This is an awesome episode. We'll post the, the recipe for Brussels sprouts uh, up, on our, up on our website. Go ahead, Justin. I just want credit, you know, uh, royalties. <laughs> well, you just want to rub them in a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of sea salt and garlic, and pop them in the oven. And, Correct. Uh, you get a nice caramelization, the Maillard reaction. Oh. You get a nice, you know, caramelization. Is this the cooking show now? What's that? Is this cooking show now? Yeah, inverse, inverse food. Oh, no, I can't think of anything. All right, let's go back to the Bible. Let's go into the verse. Let's go to verse 9, yes? And we have waxed eloquent on the connection between the theoretical and the practical. But let's actually get into the practical. And we got to be very careful, just because the Bible is saying is like, oh, with your Bible, uh, Bible, Bible sprouts, your, your Brussels sprout story, <laughs> your that verse, verse nine onwards, just because the Bible is saying it is like, oh, now I got to be nice. Now I got to love. Mm-hmm. Now I got to not be a hypocrite. Because we can try to be like Jesus, to be like, to be good, to do all these things in a very legalistic way by Correct. us trying it without the transformation, without all these things that, that the three of you have been mentioning. Awesome mm-hmm. points. So this is verse 9, and Callie, can you read from verse 9 to verse 19? Yes. <laughs> Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. 
Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And I'll pick up in verse 20, if you don't mind. (laughs) Verse 20, (laughs) the Bible says, Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, or for in so doing, sorry, you you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So there is the, the Coles passage that <laughs> yes. I reference at the top of the show. We have arrived. Uh, what are some things that pop out there automatically to you? Yeah, Kelly. The first thing that pops out to me is kind of a combination of verse 14 and 20. Okay. And that is just how to interact with people who hurt you mm. or who persecute you. Because, you know, I'm, I'm great at being nice to people who are nice to me. That mm-hmm. comes pretty naturally. Uh, but when people are not nice to me, I have a really hard time with that. And the the idea that and I I think I can act you know if I'm really mad at someone like I can hide it but like inwardly mm. I'm, Jesus knows how I actually feel mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jesus can take us to a place where my my inside will match the outside where I can be acting kindly and actually be thinking kind thoughts um, I remember actually I was out to eat with a friend once and we had a very 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 bad waitress um, just very unattentive and foolish and things like that. And so I remember, like, he was kind of quiet, and I was like, what are you thinking about? And he's like, I'm just, I want to think kind thoughts. And I, I was just like, I mean, I'm not saying anything. I, I'm not thinking, I'm not even want to think kind thoughts. I'm just really annoyed because I want my food. But he, even at that moment, he was completely kind on the outside, but he realized his need mm. of like, I want to think kind thoughts. Mm. I want to actually be compassionate. And sometimes we've talked earlier in earlier lessons about how we see people being mean or hypocritical and kind, and we're like, oh, but it's because they don't understand the gospel. Mm. And if someone's mean to Justin, I can be like, that person needs the gospel. Yeah, I should pray for them. Right. But if they mean to me, I'm like, I'm not thinking about your need of the gospel. I'm just mad at you for being mean. Fire, cold fire, fire. Cold fire, exactly. <laughs> yes. But Jesus can take us to such a place that the same way I react to that person interacting with you is how I'd react to them when they're with me. Of when I see someone persecuting or cursing or being unkind to me, my thought is compassion mm. and my thought is kindness and my thought is love and a desire for that person to understand God's love and to be reconciled. And so... What's so impressive to me about the gospel is is not that God can make us look good, mm. but that he can change the desires and the inclinations of our minds and hearts, because mm. that is literally impossible for us to do in mm. our own strength. Mm. Yeah, humanity can only make itself look good that's like, at its best. That's the best max we can do. Can do. Yeah, that's it. But God, the Lord, uh, changes on the inside. Yeah. And praise Correct. the Lord for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the thing that stands out for me is the verse that I read, uh, <laughs> is, is this heaping of coals. You know, when I... When people do me wrong, I mean, I want the, I want I want to kick some you know, like real coals, coals of fire and then put it on his head. That, that's my natural inclination. Or I, I rely on this verse and say, oh, in verse nineteen, give place to wrath. Okay, the wrath of God. Yes. Yeah. Well, my wrath is here, so God's wrath must be, you know, come down. The billows infinite. of flames roll um, over your soul. But we 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 are we know that the wrath of God is far kinder than and than the wrath of man. Indeed. And that God, in His wisdom and His providence. 
and his forbearance and in his foreknowledge will work out, just we looked at, looked at in Romans 9 through 11, work out different scenarios in gymnastics. So it's a win-win scenario that both people come to repentance and both people are, 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 are saved in the end. And it's yes. just our human limitations are like, well, I got hurt and I want them to burn forever. It's, it's a very, it's, it's an indication of my own conversion. And think, and think about the fact that you're not going to walk into heaven thinking to yourself, like, this person is here, mm. like, you could forgive that, mm. you know, then you don't understand what you were forgiven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like for you to come into heaven or any sort of situation with God and say to yourself, like, oh, no, nah, this person deserves nothing but justice. Mm. You're saying they don't deserve mercy mm-hmm. that I receive myself. And the thing is that God, you know, as he was establishing in 9 through 11, I can be merciful to whom I want to be merciful to. Mm -hmm. I can be gracious to whom I want to be gracious to. Mm -hmm. And that includes the people that also hurt you. Mm -hmm. So this is not a self-centered, self-focused experience, but this is the gospel. I didn't repay you evil for your evil to me. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I'm encouraging you through acceptance of the gospel to bring that same spirit of the gospel, even when you're hurt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Siku, Um, are you contemplating high things? (laughs) Because in verse 16, it says, do not set your mind on high things, (laughs) but associate with the humble. So hang out with the humble, girl. (laughs) Hang out with us. I was thinking, um, particularly particularly the way um, Callie brought out uh, the transformation that happens, that needs to happen internally. Uh On the inside, Um, Mm mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it struck me in verse 9. Verse 9. Uh-huh. And really, when you think about it, all these things that Paul is saying we ought to do, like, we cannot humanly fabricate, you know, yes. right. um, if you really think about it. That just needs to be underscored yeah. every line. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it, it first struck me in verse 9, with where in the second, second phrase, it says, abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Just... The, the kind of transformation that has to happen to you so that you actually abhor those things that are evil, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you cling, not to, it's like it's... It doesn't say the, do and don't yeah, do. Yeah, it's not yeah. do and don't do. It's about how you feel about those things, mm-hmm. right? About evil and how you feel about good. Right, right. That's not, that's not choosing, I'm going to only do good things, but like I actually want to do good things like I cling to those things and that's an internal transformation Mm -hmm. I know for me like um, I grew up in going to church but one struggle that I always had you know is growing up in the church was how do I get to want to do the things that I don't want to do but I know I should want to do Mm. you know how do you (laughs) how do you Uh, want that three times how (laughs) how do you want to do what is right when you actually don't internally want that. And what this is saying is that God actually changes you so that mm. those things that you didn't want, used to want, mm. you actually want now. Mm-hmm. Right. How many of you have ever read scripture and you get discouraged with all the good things that we should do and you know in your heart you are not what that you should be is grammatically totally incorrect, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> this is the whole point of scripture, that we come to a point of surrender and say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't even smile at that person over there because I don't like him. And we need a complete transformation from the bottom up. That's my sincere prayer. I know that's sincere prayer, sincere prayer of my sisters and my brother. I think my brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He's praying for that. And hopefully you out there <laughs> as well. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse as we continue our final lessons on the book of, of Romans, looking at the, the science of salvation that we need in our lives today. God bless you. We'll see you next week.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.